0: You know, when I think about our church, it is, it is a joy, it's a thrill to be a part of it. I th- thanks for letting me be your pastor. I love being a pastor, but I really love being here. It is so good to be at a place where the people love Jesus Christ, they love the Bible, they love the clear message, and they love having a desire to touch lives for Christ. And so, in this report, I'm just going to touch on several things, and that is this. First of all, let's, we don't need to forget why we are here. And what is that? We have a purpose, a plan, and a process. And most of you know this. We've been teaching this for years and years from the very beginning of the church. Almost seven years ago, we started with this idea. What is our purpose? What is our plan? And what is our process? What is our purpose? It is to make disciples. What's the plan? We're equipping believers to do the ministry. So purpose is what we're supposed to do. The plan, how in the world, you know, what are we going to do to be able to bring about that purpose? And then the process is what we call gathered and scattered. We gather together to, worship and, and to be trained and equipped, and then we scatter. So let's think about our purpose for just a second. Matthew twenty eight eighteen through 20. Of course, I've got it. You know, it, it's the famous passage where Jesus came up and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. So the bottom line, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Literally in the Greek says, as you are going, make disciples and then teach them and train them. And so the bottom line is that making disciples involves evangelism and training. Sometimes... Um, When we think evangelism, uh, people have a lot of different views. Uh, Sometimes the way they were led to Christ is the way that they think they should lead everyone to Christ. If someone came to your door and knocked on the door and talked to you about Christ, then sometimes people think, well, the only way to go do it is to knock on people's doors. Listen, any way you can, you build relationships with people. You get to talk to them, and by the grace of God, you get to talk to them about Jesus Christ. So it's evangelism and training is is the whole idea of evangelism. And they go together. Of course, evangelism is sharing our faith. And one of the things we have, we have like the 412, we have the 2-2. Those are courses uh, that, that, you know, somebody could say, well, I'm not, I'm not really confident on how I could share my faith. Take one of those courses, or there are a number of people in our church that would be willing to meet with you one on one or in a small group to take you through the 412 or something else to help you be ready to share your faith, to understand what the gospel is and how to share it, and those kind of things. So that's evangelism, and then of course there's the training aspect. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10: Ezra purposed in his heart that he would study the law of the Lord, that he would basically apply it and then teach it to to the nation of Israel. And so that's what he came. He came with the idea to study the Bible, live out the Bible and teach the Bible. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's why I went on a Sunday morning or a grow group or a Wednesday night or a Tuesday, you know, Tuesday night or a Thursday, whatever we got going, our goal is to train people so they can understand the Bible and make application. So it's study the word, apply the word and, and, and teach the word. Now that's the purpose. Here's our plan. Our plan is to equip believers to do the ministry. Now, Brian said, it, and he said really well, who does the ministry here? I mean, sometimes they think you, you, hire the staff to do the ministry no 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 you hire the staff to train the believers to do the ministry. So we're making disciples. How do we do that? We equip the believers to do the ministry. And so your goal and your plan is that you'd be trained and equipped using the gifts, talents, and abilities that you have and that you go in to, that, with this body and this community and you you serve. You uh, uh, would equip the saints to do the ministry. 2 Timothy two two says, take what you've been taught and tr- trust that to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. I mean, that's the bottom line. We take what we've been taught and pass it on to others. I love our SBI classes. I love our Bible study things. Uh, it, it, even grow groups, In which is not a very long time to teach, but we go through different topics and things. I love all that because the goal is that you would understand these things. Then you would take them and not just take a, a sheet of paper and put it in your Bible and say, well, I learned that. The goal is that you take that and you pass that on to others. We're equipping the believers to do the ministry. As Brian brought up a while ago, just last week when you said, when, when Brandy Said, if you worked with the nursery stand up, if you worked with the children's ministry, all these people stood up. Uh, we we say, if you work in the college ministry stand up, if you work in the youth ministry stand up, if you help in the women's ministry stand up, if you help in the Sam's ministry stand up. I mean, we got people that are serving all over the place. I mean, think about what had to be done to get ready for this morning. I mean, the coffee, the donuts the out front, everything. I mean, that that doesn't just happen. Uh, think about the music that the people have to come up here and practice and put it together. So uh, we're equipping believers and to, to do the ministry. And then last but not least is that our process is gathered and scattered, and we gather to worship and train, be trained. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I, I think our culture... Has changed, and if you even if you go back a few years, people thought that the reason you gather was for evangelism. That everybody's goal was to come together on Sunday morning, and the pastor's job was to give an evangelistic message and have altar calls and have you know. And the goal was we just got to get people saved. What what you look in the Bible is we gather to worship our savior Jesus Christ and to be trained to serve him evangelism now we're going to always present the gospel as we gather but who's supposed to be gathering it's the believers gather and then the believers scatter in this community we take the message of Jesus Christ into places and people that uh, that we know and we and we and so it's just an amazing thing so our purpose, make disciples. Our plan, equip the believers to do the work of the ministry. Our process is we gather and scatter. I, I love the gathering. I mean, I can hardly wait for y'all to get here. But the scattering really is the key. We, we get trained and equipped. It's sort, of like, it's sort of like the gathering is the huddle. We're in the huddle. We're getting ready to run the play. So we're all out there. And then we break... But too often, Christians never leave the huddle. They say, I don't think I'm ready to leave the huddle yet. I need one more Bible study. I need one more lesson. I need one more this. And we need to get out there, use the gifts, talents, and abilities, and get into the ball game. This is where we get trained. Out there is where we serve and touch lives for Christ. So, of course, we serve within the body. But I wanted to then bring up something just for you to think about this. There are some, what I kind of think about goals and dreams and things like that. So I want to throw some things out for you. First of all, as we continue to teach, on Sunday mornings we're doing the Gospel of Matthew. That's going to be a while. You know, we think about it, If we did the Gospel, you know, the Book of Ruth, that might be six weeks, five weeks. If we did Esther, it might be 10 or 11 weeks. The Gospel of Matthew is going to be a long time. But the Gospel of Matthew is incredible because of the information that is there. And so what we plan to do, as Brian mentioned, is that we do what we call expository teaching, and that is verse by verse, passage by passage, through the Bible. And Matthew is such an incredible book presenting Jesus Christ as the King. I think as these weeks and months go by, we're going to see some great things. So our goal is always to teach, especially Sunday morning, teaching the Bible verse by verse, passage by passage. The second thing is we want to keep the grow groups going. And you know, they're really crowded. In fact, they're actually too full. In fact, they're so full that sometimes there's not chairs, enough chairs for everybody in the rooms. So we really, we're maxed out. But the goal is the grow groups keep going. It would be ideal if we could say, okay, this grow group's got 35 in it. Let's break it into 216. Y'all have one group, but we don't have another room to put anybody in. That's part of the problem. And so, but we want to keep the grow groups going. The grow groups are actually the key to the church. And here's why. We can come every Sunday morning, you can come sit on the back row, you can listen to every message, you can write down all your notes and you can go walk out the door, and that's really not going to change you very much. When you get with other people and in a small group and get to discuss and get to pray for each other and get accountability, that's where we start to grow and make a difference. So grow groups, that's why this time period in which you all come every Sunday and then we go to our rooms and everything, that's, that's the key. So we've got, we've got dreams and plans that we've got, we've got to really expand our grow groups so that and we can keep them going. That's the thing. The third thing is to expand the Bible Institute. It, um, it's a little sad that when we have probably close to more than 500 people connected with the church, maybe 550 to 600, and you might have 70 people take the classes. Where, where is everybody? Why, why don't they take these classes? Well, they say, oh, it's a Wednesday night. That's okay. It's a, that's a good night to come. And, you know, it's it's really like 75 minutes for a class. And these classes can be in-depth. These these can classes can give you things that you're not going to get on a Sunday morning because we can't go into that kind of detail and we can't do the questions back and forth and things like that. And so the the SBI is so good. We've got the 412, which we're going to rewrite a little bit of the 412. We've got the 2-2. We've got all kind of studies. We, we've got a study... Uh, you know, discipline for godliness. I think within the next, and and then there's all kind of different classes being taught. Next fall, I'm going to teach one on the patriarchs. I just finished one uh, last fall on angels and demons, and uh, I mean, there's just there's a lot of great stuff. And there are four or five classes taught every semester. And my challenge to you is, if you don't take a class. And Now, some of you say, well, I can't take a class. I'm working with the children. That's fine. That's good. Uh, but if you're not working with the children and you're not working with the youth, uh, get one of those classes. Learn. Some, I mean, get in there where you can dig it and ask some questions and get after it. So one of our goals is to expand the, the Bible Institute. The other thing, number four, is to continue to raise up leadership. we got a great church. But the goal is that as we continue to meet, God would continue to raise up. And, and when we say leadership, we're primarily talking right now about elders and deacons, the leadership of the church in that way. But that doesn't mean women aren't raised up to places of leadership all throughout the church. But I'm primarily talking about elders and deacons. And we have two different things that we do. We have a meeting every Tuesday night with primarily the elders. as a couple of deacons that come to that. And then on Thursday mornings, I have a, a Bible study. We call it a Bible study, but it has mostly all the deacons, some of Elders and and then a few other people who who come and that's really a, a training area where we're we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about how to apply it, we're talking about being clear in the gospel. Listen, if a person's going to be a place of leadership, they got to match basically the beliefs of this church, which which the beliefs of this church are based off the Bible. So we got to be careful because I know some people say, "Do you believe what your church believes?" Well, I don't know. I don't. I want to see what they believe first. If you said, "Do you believe the Bible?" That's a whole different thing. So. Lord will, and our, our church's doctrinal statements and what we believe goes back to the Bible. It always has. And so the goal is to continue to, to raise up guys and places of leadership and all that. This is, I put this together, but uh, an intern program. I said put together an intern program. We've had an intern program since we we started the church almost seven years ago. An intern program is where we get younger guys or, or others and say, they may say, I'm sort of interested in possibly going into ministry or I want to kind of be more involved in ministry somehow. And we've developed that a lot. We haven't right now. We don't have anyone that's in the intern program. Uh, it, it's, it's, if, if you know of someone that says, well, I'm interested in possibly somewhere down the line, maybe going into ministry or going to seminary or maybe not going to seminary, but going into ministry. We, we have a program and that's, that's a, it's really a good thing. Uh, we give them not only a lot of theology and Bible so they can understand the Bible and how it fits, but we give them a lot of practical ministry. That's really the key. There's so many things we do in a local church you don't get in a seminary at all. Uh, I've saw guys when I was in seminary. They went to seminary, they barely connected with a church, and they spent four years at Dallas Seminary. You know, maybe every now and then go into a church. They didn't get involved. They come out of Dallas Seminary with a THM. They don't know how ministry works at all. And and what you've got to do is have both. You got to have the theology, the Bible, and all of that. But you've got to have the practical aspect of ministry. And so uh, that's. Uh, if you know of anybody, or you know, might be somebody in that room right over there, uh, the college is meeting right over there, uh, you know, l- tell them to let me know because I- I'd like to, I'd like for us to get back to doing that. When we first started the church, we had three people, I think, we had three guys involved with that's, and that's six or seven years ago. Okay, the last one, I just wanted to throw this out, and that is in the near future expansion, we, we're going to have to make, we're going to have to do some things differently. Uh, Uh, Because we just don't have any room. Even on Sunday mornings when we have 400 or 420, that's over 80% capacity. All of the statistics say that when you get to 80%, people stop coming because it's too crowded. Now, the answer to that is two services. And the the reason we haven't done that at this point yet is we if you do two services you're going to have to have at least three different nurseries you then are going to have to figure out how you're going to do your youth how you're going to do your fam- your your uh, children's ministry so there's a lot involved there in other, instead of just saying just go to two services so but that's a possibility the other thing which we talked about is the grow groups they're completely full and instead of the grow groups growing and expanding. They get to a point, and then actually they go back down a little bit because there's no room. And once again, if you try to go to two services, then you could have a grow group and then a grow group and a service and then another. You could try to do that. But once again, that's a a complicated thing as well. The other possibility is to to build another building, to put the youth and children in because that's where they've got to to have when The children's ministry already is completely full and using more and more rooms. And the youth ministry, when it continues to grow, eventually they're not going to be able to stay in that one big room. And so grace of God, the church from the children, the youth, uh, regular people, it, it's growing. And so I just want you to be thinking about it. I, we're meeting with the elders just to talk about different things we can do because um, we're, we're going to probably have to do something. Because here's, here's the deal. If we say... Well, let's just wait to two or three years and see what happens. That's too late. You've got to decide some things and work towards some things now. And, and so but I don't want you to know, even think about it right this second, except what would be some things we could do? Maybe maybe pay off the, this. All of a sudden, we all get together and pay off that debt so that we can build another building if we have to. I mean, that's that's a possibility. I'm just throwing stuff out. But anyway, uh, there's so many things going on. It's so exciting with what's going on. So anyway, this is a good problem to have. It's not a bad problem. It's not like we're saying uh, we don't have anybody to put in these rooms so it's the grace of God there. Let me f- finish this part and then I got one other thing I want to say, but I want the third thing I want us to remember is we got to always keep the distinctives of our church. And this is what church sets our church apart. The first is the clear grace message of salvation, the gospel message. A lot of people say they have the grace message, but when you really start talking to them, they add works to it. Our church doesn't. Our church says it's faith alone and Christ alone for eternal life. You're saved and you're saved forever. It's not your works. It's not your faithfulness. It's not your commitment. It's not your public profession. It's none of that. It's faith alone and Christ alone. And so every one of us in this room... we be very, very clear that when we present to someone how they can have eternal life, that we need to make sure that we don't add works to it, that we're not confusing with our matches, that we're very clear. That's one of the things that set us apart from the very beginning is a clear grace gospel message. The second thing is that sets us apart is expository teaching. A lot of people don't do that. In fact, most, most churches just have sermons. And, and that, there's nothing, I mean, a person wants to have a sermon, that's fine. But my goal is to not sit in my office, figure out what I'd like to talk about, put together a message, and, and give you a sermon. My goal is to teach the Bible. And that's what expository teaching is. We take the Bible and we teach through the Bible verse by verse, passage by passage, so that we can understand it and put it together. Expository teaching is hard. You can't skip any of the hard parts. You, you, have to, you have to continually help people see where we are in the context. It's a lot easier to just pick one passage out one week and another passage another week and a good story one week. And a, but we want to stick with expository teaching, which is what I think the key. The third thing is the believers do in the ministry, and that is, that's what sets us apart. When we were in the junior high, how many people did it take for us to get there on a Sunday morning, unlock those doors, bring in all the sound stuff, set up all the things, get all the nursery stuff ready, set up all the chairs, get the sound. I mean, it took all kind of people. And and then... You know, then we had to pack it all up, and we, from the very beginning, this church has always had people that said, what do you want us to do? We're going to do the ministry. So even now, we don't have to come in and set that sort of thing up, but there's a whole bunch of ministries that we do not only on Sunday, but all week long, and we want to make sure that we remember that the people do the ministry. We're equipping the believers to do the ministry, and that's what what set us apart, and so uh, I really thank God for all that. Let me just remind you of several other things that I just wanted to bring up one is one of the keys that if we say how do we get our church to grow more okay we already know that to make disciples means you go out and lead people to christ and bring them in there's another aspect that helps with that and that is to invite people Think about this. How often do you invite someone to come to church to meet, to say, hey, our our church meets, would you like to come to church? What we found out historically is about 80% of the people that you invite will come. The problem is we think they won't, so we don't invite them or we're afraid to ask them. But most of the time, Eight out of ten people, now, that if they've already got a home church or something, that they'll say, i got a home church. But if they don't, or if they're in between, or if they're kind of just kind of going through life, when you say, would, uh, would you like to come, and I'd, I'd love to, be, to meet you at our church, and, and, and they'll say, 80% will say, yeah. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to invite them, but you don't just say, I'll see you sometime. Get a time that they're going to come and say, I'll be at the front door waiting on you, or I'll pick you up, whichever one you want me to do, or I'll be at the front door waiting for you. Uh, There'll be a long group of people you have to go through and fight to get in. But anyway, uh, I'll be there, and I'll sit with you too. That's what you have to do. You can't just invite somebody and say, I hope they come sometime. Say, how would you like to come this Sunday? I'll be at the front door waiting for you. So you won't be, you know, if you don't know anybody, you know me, come on in. I'll get you some donuts and some coffee. We'll go sit down. I'll let you sign a little deal. We'll give you a gift, everything. Just come on. So if we want to make a difference, think about who you can invite. There are probably people in our sphere of influence, number one. You don't know whether they're Christians or not. Maybe you share your faith with them. Even if they may be Christians or not, you might want to invite them to come. So we want to do that. Um, I can't read my writing. Uh Today is College Sunday. It's going to be a fantastic. We're going to give out some, uh, some scholarships. And then they've got their big feed, and then every night from Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we call it after hours. Many of you are in your grow groups are providing food. That's fantastic. Make sure you have more than enough. You do not want to run out. Make sure you get it there early because the kids are coming there and they're going what we got, you know, and we know we got Taco Tuesday. So anyway, we know we got that one. Somebody else has got something, I think, spaghettis one day and pizzas one day and something else is one day. So it's really, and the kids know it. I mean, they'll come up and they'll say, are we still having Taco Tuesday this semester? I go, yeah, yeah, we are. And so don't forget about that. Also, um, the last Sunday of this month, in our grow group time, Larry and Diane Matthews, they're from Indonesia. They're our missionaries. If you go to the mission board and look right up at the top, they're right up at the top, uh, and they're going to be here. And I've asked them if they would take grow group time. So they're going to come and tell you all about what's going on in Indonesia, and uh, it's, it, it, they're, they're the most incredible people. Uh, their kids are grown, but I remember them when they were not married. And so they're they're they've been faithful for year after year after year after year uh, he is um used to be a pilot, and his eyes Messed up on him enough that he didn't have the good enough eyesight to fly. He used to fly the missionaries in. so They worked with Wycliffe. He used to fly the missionaries in so they could do the Bible translation. He can't do that anymore. Now he works with radio, and he helps with radio stations and broadcasting and all kind of things. She's a medical doctor. She's done that, but she also works... This is going to sound funny, but she came back for a semester, went to Langston for a while to learn how to deal the goats because over where she is, they they grow these goats, and that's about the only thing that saves them. So not only is she a medical doctor, she helps in that area. So you'll see them uh, in a couple of weeks, and we're looking forward to that. The summer is unbelievable. Well, first of all, we've got uh, SBI just ended, which I love. I love SBI. Um, I absolutely love it. I love every Wednesday night. People coming and Bible teaching and kids running everywhere. Just it's just fantastic. But uh, coming up soon, it, we got Vacation Bible School. And you know what happens at this church of Vacation Bible School? There are tons of kids. We need your help. We need your supplies. We need workers. It is it is unbelievable when you see those kids coming in this door and singing those songs and hearing about Jesus Christ. And we present clearly the gospel all the time to these kids. And there's no telling how many put their faith in. Christ every year. So Vacation Bible School is coming, and then right after Vacation Bible School is the youth camp. If you know, and this is what, fourth grade through eighth grade or something like that? Does anybody know? Is it fourth grade through eighth grade? Anyway, y'all, this is going to be incredible for those kids. If you got kids in that age or if you know kids in that age, listen, get them signed up. It's going to change their lives. Going to camp and it's only going to be for like four days or something. Going to camp is one of the greatest things that can ever happen to these kids. They're going to hear over and over the Bible, the clear message, but there's going to be Bible teaching because a lot of these are kids and they know Christ, so they're going to be trained. So don't forget that. Then we got the UK big trip coming up. Uh, the mission, they're going to go to, I think, Liverpool this year, and I think it's going to be amazing. And then last but not least, later on in the summer is a senior camp, and this is for, I think, junior high and high school, and they're going to glory and Hunter's going to be the one to take them there. They don't need us on that. They, they're just going. Um, so the summer is full. And see, when that's over with, it's August. And guess what happens then? People come back, and, you know, college kids come back and everything else. So we're going to have a wild summer. So uh, I thank God for you allowing me to be your pastor and get to go through all this.